What's up, tea amigos, and welcome to Optimize, the show that teaches you all things tea and how it can optimize longevity, recovery, and performance. My name is Vince Lapalusa, and I am your host and guide on this tea journey. And today, we are talking about jasmine green tea, a personal favorite of mine because it was the first tea that really expanded my knowledge of what tea is. So today, we're going to be talking about three topics, the history first, and any unique historical facts about it, Uh, two, the unique health benefits of jasmine green tea, and three, any tips or tricks for you to have the best cup of jasmine green tea and have the best tea experience. So without further ado, let's dive on in to the history of jasmine green tea. So jasmine is a flower that is the international flower of a few countries, actually. The international flower of Indonesia, Pakistan, and the Philippines. Now, this flower has become extremely popular in blending with green tea. And the history of blending this flower with a green tea dates back thousands of years, specifically in the South Song Dynasty, is when we have first written history of blending jasmine into green tea. It wasn't further developed until the Ming Dynasty, which was many, many years later. But the South Song Dynasty kind of takes that, that credit for being the first to pioneer this journey with jasmine green tea. And specifically... The Song Dynasty, the South Song Dynasty, was located in a town known as Fuzhou, China. And I believe it's pronounced Fuzhou or Fuzhou, uh, F-U-Z-H-O-U, China. And this is actually the capital city of the Fujian province, which, if you're familiar with tea and all things tea, the Fujian province provides many, many of our favorite teas that we know and love. And on top of it... This specific city, the Fuzhou, was known as the City of Jasmine. It became so popular with this jasmine green tea after the Song Dynasty started to popularize it and create this new blended tea that it became known as the City of Jasmine within China. So this was, like I said, thousands of years ago. It started as a method just to enhance the tea. There was there was thoughts of how can we take and elevate some of these teas? Because what jasmine green tea is, and we can dig into how it's actually produced because the production process is what's super unique about jasmine green tea. So what they do is they'll harvest the green tea leaves and you have this big pile of, of jasmine green tea. And when it comes to jasmine, so what they'll do is they'll harvest separately the jasmine and the green tea, the jasmine petals and the green tea leaves. And when they harvest, everything is very particular. So they harvest the jasmine petals at a very specific time within the day. This is typically in the months of June, July, and August. So summer months, they will harvest the tea leaves in mid to late afternoon before the sun has set. And what these these farmers are looking for 
in the petals is they are specifically looking for buds that are about to blossom but haven't blossomed yet. So this is a very time-consuming and very labor-intensive process because they're going around and individually inspecting all of these buds and all of these jasmine bushes and jasmine plants. So they'll take and they'll handpick each one of these each one of these buds and they will then take that and bring it into their scenting house. Now, in the scenting house, they will pr- lay out huge huge layers of jasmine green, or of of green tea. So they'll, they'll cast out the green tea, have a thin layer of that. They will then layer the jasmine buds on top of it and then they'll repeat green tea, jasmine buds, green tea, jasmine buds. Now, the reason that they harvested just at night is because jasmine flowers blossom at night. And as they blossom, the scent gets released. So because they harvested right before evening, the jasmine flowers, then after they've laid this out, they blossom. And when they blossom and bloom in these piles, they release the scent into the tea leaves. And they do this process multiple times, upwards of seven times they will repeat this process until that green tea has finally achieved the level that they deem worthy. And so this is a very labor-intensive process, but when if you've ever had jasmine green tea, you'll notice there's no jasmine flower typically in the tea itself. And... A lot of people just assume that it's done with flavorings, and unfortunately, nowadays, it most likely is done with flavorings, so natural or artificial flavors. But this is the historical way of making the jasmine flower, and you can definitely still find this level of tea still out there, and I highly recommend you checking that out, and we'll talk more about that in the tips for the best cup of tea experience. But this all started back thousands of years ago in the Song Dynasty, in this Fuzhou, China, which is known as the City of Jasmine. Now, unfortunately, Fuzhou has taken a hit in regards to being this capital city of Jasmine. It has become and definitely downgraded just due to economic reasons, uh, political reasons within, within China. And it's... It, ha- it revived a little bit in like the 1960s to 1990s, but again has fallen off as this piece de resistance of of jasmine tea, and it is becoming try or the go- the Chinese government is supposedly trying to bring it back and revive it again. We will see how that unfolds. Um, some of the little things about about jasmine tea as well and just how it's been worked with in the past. Um, In southern China, it is actually very common for you as a guest to be presented with a jasmine tea upon entering a a house or, yeah, the house pretty much. So when you go, you visit someone, it's very common that a jasmine green tea is your welcoming gift. It's shown as a sign of you're welcome within this within this house within this country, and you can be safe and be present. Um, the The fragrance of jasmine is thought to be of heaven. It's a very symbolic flower. It's a very symbolic tea. So, if you can picture the jasmine tea, the jasmine scent, 
It's so just unique and delicate, and it's thought to represent heaven on earth. So this is just a little bit of the historical references of the jasmine tea. It's extremely popular now. You can find jasmine green tea all over. You don't, And it's not just for green tea. They do this with white teas, oolongs, black teas, but green tea is the most common and... Yeah, the most common. I do have a white tea that does also have this that is superb, but you'll find it mostly in green tea. So, in regards to some of the unique health benefits, as I mentioned, the fragrance of this tea alone is so therapeutic. The aromatherapy is wonderful. It's basically like a meditation in a cup. It'll the fragrance alone, it'll de-stress and transcend you to a calm and tranquil place within your mind. And that alone, just brewing this, smelling it, steeping it, amazing. You can feel the warmth down your spine. But obviously, we're, we're curious of how it works within our body as well. And I'm going to reference an episode that I've re- referenced before many a times. But I highly recommend, if you want to learn more about what I'm what I'm about to say, check out episode 36 of Optimized. It was with Dr. William Lee. And the reason I bring him up is Dr. William Lee and his colleagues did research on specifically the anti-angiogenic properties of green tea and of jasmine green tea along with sencha green tea and earl grey black tea. And if you're not familiar with what angiogenesis is, to put it in in a very high-level overview, and again, I highly recommend you check out that episode, episode 36, for more information. But to put it at a high-level overview, it's something our bodies naturally do. When we get injured or something, we get a cut, our bodies will flood that area of the body with nutrients to support its, its healing. Now, this is great for, like I said, when we get a cut. However, it does the same thing for cancer cells. It'll flood those areas, those those areas that have cancers, it'll flood those areas with blood and with nutrients, with oxygen to heal it and get rid of it. Now, we don't want that with cancer cells because if it does it with cancer cells, the cancer cells proliferate and that's when you get these rapid growths of tumors within the body. And a lot of these cancer inhibiting drugs that are out here, that pharmaceuticals that are out here, are known as anti-angiogenic drugs. And so what Dr. Lee and his colleagues have found is they were looking to see what is naturally out there in our foods, in our beverages, in just things that we do daily. What are naturally anti-angiogenic things that we can do on the daily? Well, like I mentioned, he him and his colleagues researched jasmine green tea. They researched sencha green tea as well as earl grey black tea. Now, sencha green tea is a, is a Japanese steamed tea. Jasmine green tea is a Chinese tea and earl grey is a black tea. And just from like common knowledge, typically people associate Japanese green teas as being the quote unquote healthiest. So what they were, their hypothesis was that, well, the Japanese green tea is probably going to have the most anti-angiogenic properties to it, whereas the Earl Grey black tea is going to have the least. And what they found was actually the exact opposite. The Sencha green tea was the lowest. 
that being said, still pretty high on, the, on their scale of anti-angiogenesis. Um, the lowest, followed by jasmine green tea, which was about double of where the sencha was, and then exponentially, like 5x of where the sencha was, the Earl Grey was the highest. Now, what they did that was super interesting is they combined, and you'll never find this anywhere, but what they did is they combined the Sencha green tea with the Jasmine green tea. They did a 50-50 ratio or one-to-one ratio of the two teas and brewed that cup and tested that anti-angiogenic properties. And what it did was blow the Earl Grey out of the water. So it was like 10x what the Earl Grey was, which was just remarkable. And in comparison to some of these drugs, some of these pharmaceuticals that companies use and that people use for cancer inhibition, is it not only was comparable, but it actually beat many of them. It was just as it was just up to the same same level, which is just remarkable. Like I said, check out episode thirty six with Dr. William Lee to learn more about that. Because Dr. Lee does a much, much better job at explaining that than I do. But fascinating, fascinating stuff. And I highly recommend you check it out. Um, That being said, on top of all this super cool anti-angiogenic properties, it does contain green tea if we're talking about the jasmine green tea, which green tea is known to have compounds like EGCG or epigallocatechin gallate, which is a catechin, the most dynamic and functional catechin within green tea, within tea in general, that helps with our antioxidant or helps boost our antioxidant levels within our body. So we really love that that's at play, as well as the L-theanine that helps balance out the caffeine within this tea. And the caffeine content that we do find within a jasmine green tea is roughly around 30 to 50 milligrams per serving. Obviously, it depends on a few things like the steeping times and temperatures, as well as how much tea that you use. So just typically at a normal rate of one, the steeping time and temperature, and two, the normal amount of tea. It's about 30 to 50 milligrams you can expect in a cup of jasmine green tea. That all being said, uh, jasmine green tea is shown to possibly boost your heart health and cardiovascular health, your cognitive function, lower your risk of type 2 diabetes, uh, boost your metabolism, and increase and promote healthy oral health. Now, as always, I'm not a doctor. If you're interested in working with any of these teas or herbs in a medicinal use, I highly recommend you talk with your doctor, with your holistic practitioner, to make sure that it's the right choice for you. Everything I'm talking about here today is for informational use only. So what is the best practices to enhance this this tea and give you the overall best tasting experience, but also just the best overall experience tasting-wise as well as brewing-wise. First and foremost, I will always say get loose leaf. Never, never get tea bags if you're looking for the best experience. Yeah, they're convenient, but they're just never going to be up to the par of loose leaf when it comes to flavor. Typically, those ones are, or tea in tea bags is scented with artificial or natural flavors, which aren't as good. They just are not going to be as good as as loose leaf. I mean, I was just telling you how the delicate process it is to make this tea. And if you 
choose a tea bag, you're just not going to get that artistry done within the tea bag as compared to if you get like a loose leaf version or I would even recommend a jasmine dragon pearls. You can find if you look up jasmine dragon pearls or phoenix dragon pearls, those are some of the highest quality level of jasmine green teas that you can find on the market. And if you reach out to reach out to Fresh Steeps on Instagram, I can guide you in the right direction of which are some of the best companies that provide these. But I always highly recommend you testing out a jasmine or a jasmine pearl, a dragon pearl, or a phoenix dragon pearl for the best tasting cup of tea. Now, when you have this tea, I encourage you to use low temperatures and low steep times. So the temperature is ranging from about 160 to 170 degrees Fahrenheit and only steep this tea for about a minute to three minutes at the absolute max. The beauty of it is you can re-steep it and especially if you're using the dragon pearls, these are going to take some time to unfold and unfurl. And as they unfold and unfurl, the flavors just develop and become more enhanced and deeper the more steeps you go. So do that. Basically use a low temperature, a low steep time, and do multiple steeps on it and you'll be able to taste just the variations of this tea. And take some time and and smell. As the tea is steeping, smell it. Get the aromas as the as you watch the tea leaves unfurl. That'll give you a little bit more of that full body aromatherapy therapy process and experience with this tea. If you also would like, this is a great tea to cold brew. So in order to cold brew, you can take the tea leaves, put it in a mason jar or some sort of closed container, add cold water, and steep it in the refrigerator for about 18 to 24 hours. You can even get away with going like 12 hours. Um, I like it a little stronger, so I usually go for 18 to 24 hours. Um, You can also add more tea leaves to make it stronger, less tea leaves. Experiment, mess around with it. It's great, especially in summer months, and I know we are approaching winter months, but you understand, and it's just delicious and beautiful, and it makes the tea so smooth, no bitterness, no astringency, just amazing. Um, As mentioned, avoid the natural flavors and artificial flavors. They're not going to be as good of an experience. They leave some sort of like Cody like residue in your mouth that you're just not going to get if you get a good high quality jasmine green tea. So get that. And if you do, if you feel inspired and you want to enhance maybe some of the health benefits of the tea, uh, try blending it with some other herbs. So when I mentioned blending, it's basically mixing the two teas and you can blend it with herbs like lavender, uh, chamomile, rose or holy basil. A lot of these herbs, they're more delicate herbs like a jasmine green tea and they're very floral and yeah, they're very floral herbs. So they complement each other extremely well and they all have very similar properties of calming the body, calming the nervous system, helping you relax and take on the day with a little boost of caffeine from the green tea. And that's it. That is a quick overview of jasmine green tea. A little bit of the history, a little bit of health benefits, a little bit of tips and tricks to make the jasmine green tea the best experience for you. I appreciate you showing up here today and sticking around till this, till the end of this episode. So 
If you haven't already, please subscribe and leave a five-star review if you are loving every minute of these episodes. I would greatly appreciate it. And in your five-star review, if you leave a comment that has a specific tea in mind that you want to hear about, I will add it to the list and do an episode on that specific tea. I'll also give you a shout out at the beginning of the episode. So do that. I'll add it to the list. We are on day nine of a 14-day new tea, new tisan every single day. So after this starts or after we're done with these 14 days, I will start going through these reviews and adding them to the list and knocking them out one at a time, first come, first serve. So make sure to leave a five-star review and do that. And as always, if you are looking for some of the most unique, flavorful, and functional tea blends on the market, check out Fresh Steeps. That's freshsteeps.com for some of these just amazing functional blends that have been finely tuned to support you all day long, whether it's the caffeine boost that you need right in the morning or before a workout, or if it's at the end of the day when you're looking to wind down and just call it an evening with a book, or if you're maybe feeling a little under the weather and you need a little bit of an immune boost, something like that, or that afternoon pick-me-up, or after a big meal, you need some cleanse. They have a tea for everything. So check it out, Fresh Steeps. That's freshsteeps.com. F-R-E-S-H-S-T-E-E-P-S.com. Check it out and enhance your tea game today. So I appreciate you tuning in. And remember to take some time for yourself today and enjoy a cup of tea. And we'll see you in the next episode.